people who care. Hello, today we are here at the Outrage Teen and Family Service Office. We're your podcast hosts, Jackie and Gina, and we are here today with Jordan Miller. Welcome. Thank you both for having me. I'm so excited. Thanks for coming. (laughs) Today we're going to be discussing men's mental health from the lens of Jordan Miller. So we're going to first start with five questions just to get to know you a little bit, start to transition into our topic. So first, do you consider yourself more of an introvert or an extrovert? That's a good question. Um, I'm going to take the easy route here, and I would say I'm an introverted extrovert. And what I mean by that is mm-hmm. when I have to show up and I have to be on, I will be very extroverted. Yes. And we'll be able to get along and, and kind of carry the conversation. But I think like mentally it does take a lot of energy. Yeah. So when I'm in those situations and I'm being extroverted, I then need time to kind of like just decompress and like – then I don't want to talk to anybody, yeah. so I need like time to just sit back. The social battery runs out. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Sometimes it's quicker than others, um, but it does. Yes. Um, so yes, I would say I'm an introverted extrovert. Yes, I would agree. I totally understand that. Me as well. Yeah. Alongside that, are you more outward or inward about your emotions? <sighs> Again, going to kind of straddle both lines here. I promise I won't do that the whole time. It's fine. Um, it's fine. I think. Very early in my mental health journey, it was, and I think it's interesting that we're talking about men's mental health. I think like it is just kind of put on men more to kind of keep it inside. You don't want to kind of share that, you know, we're supposed to be tough. You're not supposed to cry, you know, these types of things. So I feel like early in my mental health journey, I was very inward with everything. And then I actually found that just by keeping it in, it, it gets worse. Yeah. Um, and then recently over the last couple of years, I, I've been more wanting to be able to share it, not only to try to help others, but it just makes me feel better. Yeah. Um, so, and then you kind of see that a lot of people go through similar things and then sure. you find people that you're able to like bounce things off of. So. Yeah. Love Absolutely. it. Yeah. So kind of going off of that, how do you, or how have you learned in your journey, how to advocate for your own mental health and also for other people's mental health? I, I find it easier advocating for other people's mental health. Yeah. I mean, I think just from a human nature standpoint, right? I think it's yeah. just easier to kind of say like, oh, I, I see Gina going through it. Like, mm-hmm. Gina, take time. Like, you need it. Take time for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jackie, you too. But then when it comes to our own, but then when it comes to our own selves, we're yeah. like, no, oh no, like if I, if I take time to, to rep, like, you know, I, I, I find it easier to, it's easier for other people and for me to let other people know that it's okay to yeah. rest. But then when it comes to my yeah. own, I find it a lot more difficult, but mm-hmm. um, I realize that you have to. Yeah. Um, and some smart people have told me that take a couple time, you know, a couple times a day to do things that matter to you. Yeah. Um, and you'll be able to kind of be on for some of those more activities that you kind of have to show up for. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Sure. Alongside that, do you make any lifestyle choices to build a more positive mindset? <sighs> I think, yeah. So a couple, I, I think are, um, just trying to stay active, trying to stay fit. Um, I find, you know, the more active I am, um, the, the better I ultimately feel. Um, I want to eat healthy. I really do. And, and Don't we all? I, I, I feel like I'm good at it. Like 40% of the time, yeah, yeah. like you, you think this like cheeseburger is going to make you feel good and then you, and you have it, then you're like, ah, no, that probably, you know, it has the opposite effect. Yeah. But, so I think like working out, like just, just eating healthier, yeah. um, you know, kind of back to that last point of doing things that are intrinsically 
valuable to you. Yeah. Um, so things you love doing, um, again, it helps you show up better for, for those have to do type of activities. And then I think just, just, um, having support around me and just like, um, I think hanging out with people who are good people, um, the better people you put around you, I think ultimately the better you feel. So just honestly, just spending time with people who are good people care about me, care about others. Um, and I've seen that kind of rub off on those things. So I would say those are some of the the choices that I've made. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, our last little question. So I don't know if you know this, but June is men's mental health month. Um, so what are ways that you can spread awareness during this month or maybe that you have spread awareness during this month? I, I think just, um, so I think ways that I know that I could share is just being more open with my story. And I think this was important for me to be able to have this opportunity to come on a podcast like yeah, this, because yeah. this is something I've wanted to be more outward with is just mm-hmm. like my story and some of that. So I think just kind of ending that stigma of feeling like we can't talk about it. Yeah. Um, and then I think just being an advocate for others. So like if somebody does bring up something that they're worried about, like, um, being open to receiving that, um, and mm-hmm. just being open to giving them the space that they need and, and those types sure. of things. So yeah. I think just the more we talk about it, the more we, um, allow others that to, to feel like it's okay to bring that up and, and have that space, yeah. I think is important. I know there's always more that we can do, but I think it starts with just sharing our own stories and, and, um, kind of going from there. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. We would like to pause and thank St. Clair Health for being our annual sponsor for the third year of our podcast. At St. Clair Health, we're always improving, building on our commitment to face the challenges of today, making an impact on the communities we serve so we can be stronger together. St. Clair Health, expert care from people who care. So getting into the first half of our episode, uh, we kind of just wanted to first define mental health from a male's perspective. So our first question is just that. How do you personally define mental health? So I guess I would define it as mental health would be, to me, just all of, it could be good and bad, right? So Mm -hmm. we can have periods of really good mental health, not so good mental health. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's just the state of mind that we're in, in the moment. Um, and it, and it can fluctuate and it can change from moment to moment. So I think it's this kind of ever evolving, um, ever changing kind of state. And I think the more we can be okay with knowing that it's going to change and we don't have to always feel great and it's okay to not feel great. Um, and I think to kind of limit that perfectionism type of thing, I, I don't know if that's a great definition. That's definitely not going to be found in yeah. Webster's no, anytime no. soon. But, um, <laughs> I, like it. Yeah. but I, I think it is just this, you know, the, the the mental state that we're in currently and trying to stay in the moment and yeah. just, just be okay with whatever it is that we're feeling. I like awesome. it. Good answer. <laughs> Going off of that, um, do you think there's any stigmatization around mental health, specifically like in broad terms and then also from like a male perspective? Yeah, I do. I, I think I think it's something that um, most people are trying to understand, mm-hmm. and I think that you know, obviously, I'm not going to throw out any percentages or that, <laughs> yeah. but but I would say that that most people um, are impacted by mental health, whether it's their own, whether it's somebody they love, it's a friend, it's a it's a you know a colleague, a, a family member. 
It's like, I feel like it's something that everybody's impacted with at some point. Um, so I think there is this stigma on it though. And I, I think it just comes from this place of, well, it's not going to happen to me or this. And, and whether it's like, whether I, I think for me in my journey, it was, wait, is this actually mental health or mm-hmm. like, am I actually suffering from something or do I just not have things together? Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think for the longest time, I think like, I just was, Oh, like it's fine. Like this is what everybody thinks or, or maybe yeah. this. Is, and I think just as I've gone through things, I've realized that, okay, well there is a rhyme and there is a reason yeah. to it. Um, so I think the more that we just try to understand the different types of mm-hmm. mental health mm-hmm. issues, um, and that it's not going to look the same for everybody. Yeah. Um, because I think too, I think they're, um, you know, me who suffers from OCD, mm-hmm. it's not going to look the same for me as it does for somebody yeah. else that suffers right. from it. So I think just understanding that mental health is, is very, it's, it's a very broad thing and it can show up differently for everybody. Yeah. So I think, um, there, there is that stigma on that end. Yeah, for sure. And I think as you've, you've talked about before too, like talking about it more allows you to realize, oh, this isn't something that I am only experiencing. Um, so kind of going off of that, would you be more comfortable discussing your physical health in a social setting or like over your mental health? Or do you think they're equally comfortable now and maybe in the past as well? Ooh. Um... <laughs> Honestly, I, I actually, in a way, I actually find it less personal. Okay. This is going to, this is probably going to be not what you were expecting, but I actually <laughs> find it less personal and easier to talk about my mental health. Okay. Then if yeah, I go in and, oh, I went to the doctor because I was experiencing, you know, chest pain yeah. or I don't know, like, and, and maybe it was just the way that, um, I was kind of brought up. I think it goes back to that, that, that the, the men's stigma, I guess, mm-hmm. is like, my dad, like, never went to the doctor, like, just, okay. th- just yeah. didn't go. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he was just like, Oh, it, and his, his logic was, <laughs> if something's wrong, like, do I really want to know anyways? Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> and I think, and I think like, that is sometimes how men can be. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't grow up in a, where he was talking about a lot of things that were, were wrong. Yeah. Um, so I actually find it easier to kind of share my mental side um, than I do yeah. like, oh, like physically I went to the doctor because this was bothering me or yeah. something like that. Okay. Um, you probably weren't expecting that answer. No. <laughs> but it was a happy plot twist. That's okay. But I, would think, but I, I, but I guess <laughs> I would say that probably most people are better or, or feel it's easier to share physically yeah, right. than yeah. it would be yeah. mentally. Yeah. Um, Why do you think that um, – people view physical and mental health very differently. I think it goes back to that stigma a little bit is I I think it's just like people don't, it's the brain is so interesting, right? And it's just, you you can't even define it in a sense. (laughs) Um, And I think it's just, okay, well, if something physically happens to me, Mm -hmm. well, it wasn't my fault, right? If now, I guess you could say it is right. If you don't eat a healthy diet and you get, diabetes, I guess you could point and say, well, if I would have eaten, but I think a lot of times people are like, oh, well, it's hereditary Mm -hmm. um, that we get heart disease or it's hereditary that we have diabetes in our family Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, those types of things. Um, Maybe it's a thyroid issue or whatever. So I think people can point to, oh, it's genetic. 
where I think with, although mental health is genetic as well, I, I think people are more like, well, I, I guess they, they blame it on themselves yeah. more. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's easier to blame or it's easier for people to kind of say, oh no, you're just letting stuff get to you. You need to handle it better. Or, um, and it's like, I want to trust me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I just think there's, I guess there's that genetic piece to like physical health that yeah. people can kind of lean on and say, I had no control over this where mental health. I, I, I think there's that misunderstanding that mm-hmm. we have control over it. Yeah. Cause I didn't for ask sure. for OCD yeah. and I don't want it, Yeah, but there's mm-hmm. nothing I can do. And then the more I learned about it, you actually find out that it is genetic as well. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's also because of the stigma people aren't, looking into the research that's done on mental health and things like that. It's, it's less common than you just be like, Oh, let me look up on Google. Like what's going on with like my ankle or why am I feeling this way? You know, whereas like mental health, like I think that's less common to feel comfortable to just like search that up and like have, feel confident in the answer you're given. I think that's so interesting. Kind of what you said there. Cause right. Cause I guess physical health. Oh, if my ankle hurts or if I, or if you break your arm or break, right. You go, you put a cast on yeah. and, or you get surgery and it's better. Yeah. And you just don't have that fix mm-hmm. with mental health. For sure. You can be better for periods of time or feel better. Mm-hmm. And like we talked about earlier, that state of mind, it can switch in an instant. And there's yeah. just no fix. So I think people can bring up their their physical health because they know maybe there's something that's going to ultimately fix it or heal it. Yeah. And so I guess we've kind of touched on this in, in different terms, but why is it so important to acknowledge that mental health to your friends, to other people and even for yourself acknowledging i think it number one makes you feel better mm-hmm. I, I think the more we kind of put it out there and, and and find a safe space to kind of share what we're going through mm-hmm. it's ultimately going to make us feel better yeah um people friends who i've been really close with for years i started to bring up you know my mental health and kind of some st- stuff that i've struggled with and mm-hmm all of a sudden they're sharing stuff to me about how they struggle with something similar and they're taking medication as Mm -hmm. well. And they're, and I would have never thought that. And these are some of my closest friends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, again, number one, it helps us when we share it. Number two, I think you're opening up an avenue for people close to you or maybe somebody that you just interact with on a daily basis. Maybe they're not your friend. They're just a, um, you know, a colleague or, or, um, you know, somebody that, that you're around, it opens up an avenue for them to share what they're going through as well. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just important. And it goes back to that point of the more that we talk about something, mm-hmm. the more normalized it becomes. For sure. And I think, I do think, so I'm 32. Okay. And I, <laughs> and I think my generation and, and even younger generations, I think are more open. For sure. Yeah. To the different types of mental health that people yeah. suffer from and, and mm-hmm. having a safe space. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we're getting there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's just, even, even though there is that stigma out there, just kind of mm-hmm. trying to break down those walls and, and continue to share no matter what. Yeah. And that's what it takes. Mm-hmm. Adjacent to that, you'd mentioned your friends and family. We have like a little fun fact, um, but the top five male mental health issues are depression, anxiety, PTSD, bipolar, and substance use disorder. Do you know anyone struggling with one of one or any of these disorders? I do. I do. Um, yeah, I, I was actually yeah. very, 
I'm very not not I don't want to say I'm surprised to hear that those are the top five, mm-hmm. but um, I do know a couple people that suffer from yeah. one of those at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's tough, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I think that shows like how common they are because everyone right. knows at least one person that's affected by by one of these these uh, issues. Or... 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so communication is known for being one of the most successful tools in a healthy relationship, friendship. So how does this importance of communication translate into the realm of mental health in your friendships, in your relationships? Yeah. Um, communications and and that, that's that's part of what I do for a living is around mm-hmm. like communication and, and, and good communication. And yeah. I think it's just important to be able to share and feel comfortable mm-hmm. sharing when we're not being our best selves. Yeah. And, you know, what I've learned from, you know, personal relationships and, and romantic relationships and those types of things is we're not going to be on 100%. Yeah. Um, and when you find somebody that allows you for it to be okay to not mm-hmm. be at a hundred percent all the time, mm-hmm. I think communicating that I think is very, very important. Yeah. Um, and I think that's part of where that stigma I think comes in. I, I think some of it's okay. Cause I think if you asked anybody, Hey, if, if a friend or a parent or a partner or whoever if they're not a hundred percent every day, is that okay? I think everybody would be like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's normal. Yeah. But then if we ask ourselves like, Hey, is it okay if I'm just not here in this moment? Yeah. Most people are going to be like, no, I need to be better. Yeah. And we may know that, but I think just, just communicating through, Hey, like I just, I don't have my, I don't have my A game today. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I need to work through some things mm-hmm. and whether that's doing it together or whether that's just giving space for that person to, to be able to do that, I think is important. And it all starts with just, I think being honest and allowing people to be honest and not judging them for what they're kind of going through. We would like to pause and thank St. Clair Health for their generosity in sponsoring the third season of Teens Tap In. At St. Clair Health, we're always improving, building on our commitment to face the challenges of today, making an impact on the communities we serve so we can be stronger together by creating reliable resources that recognize all of our neighbors with access to the highest quality healthcare, advanced care close to home, and a shared humanity that delivers on our joint vision to create a healthier community for all. St. Clair Health, expert care from people who care. So transitioning more into your personal experiences, we wanted to start out with a question so I'm going to make you think back a little bit. So when was the first time you heard the phrase man up? Like, how do you perceive that? And how old were you when you started to experience those societal pressures to behave in a manly way? Oh, um, kind of probably a, a generalized answer here. Not going to obviously probably remember the exact yes, moment, but <laughs> I, I mean, I would say it was from a very young age. Yeah. Um, I would say probably when you start playing I started playing sports when I was four, but I would say that's probably where it first showed up Yeah, is, um, you get hurt playing basketball or baseball or, you, you know, you scrape your, you know, you scrape your arm, like, ah, oh, be tough. You know, yeah. you're a guy like rub some dirt on it. Like you're going to mm-hmm. be fine. Like, uh, don't cry. Like, 
um, it's sad to say, but they'll be like, oh, girls cry. Yep. You know, like yep. those types of just general, like, mm-hmm. so yeah, I would say from the moment, you know, you're able to honestly kind of start remembering yeah. those, I, I mean, I think society, unfortunately, they, they pin that on us at a very, very young age, four, yeah. five, six yep. years old. And that's when your brain's growing and, and yeah. you're, you you're, take you take that in yeah. and you yeah. think it's, oh yeah, that that's like, you know, that, oh, these are adults. Like they know everything, right? Like, yeah. oh, that should be how, and then when you become an adult, you're, you're like, like hmm. wow, <laughs> like, they really didn't have all the answers. Oh my gosh. Um, Cause I certainly don't have all the answers. Um, but yeah, from a very young age. And I wouldn't even say it was necessarily like my parents that mm-hmm. were that way. I mean, I think there probably were moments where they were like, oh, you're fine. Like, mm-hmm. you know, but sometimes it's from other coaches yeah. or other people who are in your life. And I, I think that's what's kind of tough is sometimes you don't even get it from the people that are most closely around you. Sometimes yeah. it comes mm-hmm. from outside influences that, sure. um, that are still equally important. To yeah. You. Yeah. As you've mentioned outside, um, forces and everything, how would you say that you conformed with societal pressures? Um, and then also how did you balance these pressures internally and then also externally as well? I would say I definitely conformed to just that, that idea of you just have to push through. Like there's, there's no time to sit here and sulk. There's no time to feel bad for yourself. There's you have to be tough. You have to work through it, mm-hmm. um, which there are cases where you do have to do that. Um, but I think it was that thing of, oh, you can't show weakness. You have to be tough. And I think that's probably where I conform the most. And I think, um, you know, I guess I would be lying if I said that I, pro- I, I guess I would be lying if I said that every time somebody bought, brought something to me, mentally or, or, or outwardly that I was probably accepting to it. Yeah. I, I can't say that I've probably done that. I probably had friends bring things to me and I probably said, Oh, you're making too big a deal out of this. Yeah. Like you need to just get over it or mm-hmm. like be tougher. Like we got to be tougher, you know? So I think that's probably where I conformed yeah. the most, I would say is just really kind of giving into that. Like men can't feel this way. Yeah. And so how do you think that those pressures and the stigma around men's mental health has affected you and your mental health journey specifically? Yeah, I think honestly not, you know, as, as I trace back my mental health journey and as I started going to therapy and talking with somebody, I was able to trace back, you know, OCD thoughts and, and ideas to five years old, yeah, four and five years old. And, and I didn't start seeing a therapist until I was in college. So I was probably 21. Yeah. Um, and even then it was just in college and I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. And I just remember the therapist kind of sitting there talking to me like, Hey, like you, you would, you would be, you would be considered to have OCD. I can't diagnose you, but I think that's what you have. Yeah. So I wasn't even officially like diagnosed yeah. at that time. And then uh, I didn't see a therapist for years after that. And, and unfortunately I had a friend pass away and, and then started going to therapy again. Um, which is where I was um, still not officially mm-hmm. diagnosed, but it was more around grief than it was okay. OCD yeah. specifically. And, you know, fast forward to 28 years old, 
I'm 29 years old. I started seeing another therapist. There was a, there was breaks mm -hmm. in there for years where I didn't see anybody. And, um, finally had the courage to, to go to somebody that could diagnose it officially. And, and yeah. honestly, that was one of the happiest days of my life in, in, yeah. in a weird way, because it all made sense. Yep. All of those things officially made sense. Like, oh my gosh, like all these thoughts that I've had are for this reason. Like I knew it, but until I heard it, mm -hmm. it just didn't make sense. So I think to, to back to your question was how did this play a factor is for all those years, I felt like I can just get through this myself. Yeah. I don't need somebody else. Um, I can't show this weakness. I can't bring myself to, to admit that I have this. Yeah. Um, and I wish now that I would have, just been like, Hey, like, I'm gonna go to therapy. <laughs> like, <laughs> these are the things that I'm gonna do. And it, it's just gonna help. And, and I, I look at, I don't want to say the years are wasted, because yeah. um, I don't know if things would have gotten as bad as they did, if I would have actually made that jump to, to yeah. go to therapy mm -hmm. and to start that journey. Um, again, in my yeah. late 20s. So everything happens for a reason. But sure. you do look back and you're like, Oh, wow, I wish I would have started going in high school. I wish I would have started doing those things earlier because I think it would have had a bigger impact on me and some of the relationships yeah. um, that I've, I've, I've built and, and have had that, you know, I always didn't feel that I showed up the way that I should. For sure. We've mentioned previously in podcasts before about the startup to go to therapy is always mm -hmm. the hardest transition. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that it took you that long, yeah. you're not alone. Most people yeah. take that time as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and since you've identified, you know, what, is around your mental health. What are some tools you use now to help with that? Some tools that I use are, are um, I guess, weekly therapy. Yeah. Um, weekly therapy, biweekly therapy. It kind of varies in yeah. there depending on how. Yeah. yeah. Um, another kind of, I guess, it would be a stigma around mental health that, that I even, I guess, this can go back to that conform part was I didn't want to take medicine. Yeah. I didn't want to do it for the longest time. And I was like, okay, just going to therapy. I think this can help. And what I learned through my journey is that there are different types of mental health mm -hmm. issues that we deal with that do work better with therapy and medicine. Yeah. Um, and OCD happens to be one of those. Yeah. Um, so I think when I was able to kind of tear, like tear some of my walls down and, and mm -hmm. start not only the, the, the therapy journey again, but then to be okay with taking medicine, yeah, that was a, a big day for me. Um, so those were, I, I think two really, really big things. Yeah. I guess third would be some of the books that I've read, um, yeah. around, um, mental health. Um, there was one that I really loved. This isn't I'm not getting paid to, to, uh, <laughs> not a put, yeah, not, not, yeah, not a sponsor. Um, but it's called brain lock and it's, and it's around OCD and, and it changed my life. Um, it really did. So I think just like being able to read and, and understand um, what other people go through, I think has been a valuable tool. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I guess if I had to kind of say like what I've learned in therapy is, mm -hmm. is just to be in the moment. Yeah. And anybody that's gone to therapy, probably you, you, you yeah. know that, yeah. you know, that saying uh, be in the moment. And I think just understanding that, it's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to have bad days mm -hmm. where I think 
being able to use the tools and resources that I had to be able to flip that mindset of like, Hey, if I had a really, really bad day today, mm-hmm. like it's just Monday. Yeah. Like I can wake up tomorrow and Tuesday could be a better day Yep. and not having to, I guess, I guess in a way to put it is it's okay to take one step forward and one step back. Yeah. Right. Like that's okay. Yep. Um, as long as the next day we try to take that step forward mm-hmm. again. So I think just using those tools and resources to, and I, I guess if I had to pick the two big ones were, were therapy and you know, the, the medicine from that standpoint, yeah. but then just having books and, and a yeah. better understanding, I guess, around resources, resources like that. Yeah. And a lot of that came from therapy yeah. because I didn't know where to look. Yeah. Um, For sure. And having a therapist that can give you that guidance and, and kind of start you down that track, I think is really, really important. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And I think, as you were talking about the meditation, it made me think about our conversation earlier where like if you had injured your ankle and your doctor was like, oh, yeah, just take some ibuprofen, ice it, whatever, you wouldn't even question it. Mm-mm. But it makes it seem so much more um, big and apparent whenever you're faced with that decision, like, oh, do I need to take this medication? Um, when in reality, you know, we do that all the time to help ourselves feel better. Yeah. we And like you like. We never question that doctor when they're like, oh, yeah, you should take this. We're like, okay. Um, I don't know what I'm putting in my body, but okay, it seems like it's going to work. Yeah. For sure. So just a general last question for you. What is some advice or guidance you would give to a man who may be struggling with their mental health? I I think the first part is that it's okay Um, and that it's not your fault, Um, that there are things that that you can't control. And I think the, the, the moment we realize that this isn't something that we asked for, Mm -hmm. this is just something that we're faced with. Um, and that other people are are facing similar issues and challenges as well, that we're not alone. I think that really helps to kind of switch our perspective and that we can all work together. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think too, just kind of going back to that, that earlier point of, you don't have to, you don't have to win every day. Yep. I think, or, or, you know, every day from a bigger perspective, but you don't have to win every hour, Yeah. you know? And I, I think sometimes when you're, whether it's going to, you'll know, you'll, you'll kind of hear those things of like, just win the hour when, yep. and I think if you, if you lose an hour, like, Hey, that, that's, that's okay. okay. Yeah. If you lose the day, that's okay. Yeah. Um, because honestly, and not to sound like too corny with it, but mm-hmm. if, if you keep showing up, like that's a win. And I think just like for all the men out there, like it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay mm-hmm. to cry. It's okay to feel bad. Yeah. Um, it's okay to not show up with our A game. Um, you know, so I think just that that idea of we're not alone and it's not our fault, yeah. I think is really important. Love it. Lastly, this podcast would not be possible without the support of St. Clair Health. Please listen to the following ad. At St. Clair Health, we're always improving, building on our commitment to face the challenges of today, making an impact on the communities we serve so we can be stronger together. St. Clair Health, expert care from people who care. Thank you to Jordan and to all of our listeners for your support. Um, We are still looking to recruit two more members to join the Outreach College crew this spring. So if you are interested in joining us, please complete the OCC application, which can be found on our website under Programs tab, or you can reach out directly to Outreach's Program Manager. 
uh, Maggie Zangara. Reach out with episode ideas or feedback at podcasts with an S at outreachteen.org. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye. The views and opinions expressed in the Teens Tap In podcast represent the opinions of the hosts and their guests. The views and opinions expressed by Outreach Teen and Family Services employees, donors, and volunteers are their own and do not necessarily reflect the view of Outreach Teen and Family Services or the show's sponsors. The content here should not be taken as counseling advice. The content here is for informational purposes only and because each person is unique Please consult your mental health provider or physician for any mental health counseling or other medical questions. The podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including, but not limited to, establishing a standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast. If you find any error in any of the content of the podcast, please contact us at podcasts at outreachteen.org. Outreach Teen and Family Services, its sponsors, donors, and partners expressly disclaim any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages whatsoever arising out of any individual's use of, reference to, reliance on, or inability to use this podcast or the information presented in this podcast. Please go to www.outreachteen.org to see the complete notice and disclaimer for the podcast episodes.